Hey, when does the show start? Hey, wait a minute. <gasps> First, let's hear from our sponsors. Oh, okay. In just a minute. They don't call Mad Dog Manny for nothing. I'm talking about Manny Aurora, who visits the Bailey Show podcast a couple times a month. We talk defense, criminal law, right? That's what he does for a living. Located in Atlanta, Georgia, but practices nationwide. Handled litigation in 19 different states. Any questions that you might have for Manny Aurora, you can either shoot it to him personally at his law firm, theaurorolawfirm.com, or you can call our hotline and leave us a voicemail for the next visit from Manny Aurora. Oh, Mad Dog Manny Aurora. 404-369-3825. As a former prosecutor, they at the Aurora Law Firm understand the other side of the case. Top 100 national trial lawyers at the Aurora Law Firm. Specializing in criminal law. If you need them, you need to get a hold of them today. TheAuroraLawFirm.com. And again, you got any questions for Mad Dog Manny Aurora next time he stops in the studio, get a hold of us. PodcastTheBS.com. Look, doing a new kitchen or bath, that's a big undertaking, right? So you want to go to somebody that's like a one-stop shop, like UCI Kitchen and Bath. They've been Atlanta's number one cabinet, granite, and quartz fabricator and installer for the past 20 years. That's what I'm talking about, a one-stop shop. Uh, They provide the installation of whatever you buy. Speaking of, you mentioned the BS, the Bailey Show podcast, and you're getting 10% off your regularly priced countertops. That's a nice little savings, right? You can visit the Norcross, Georgia showroom location. Let their design team transform your kitchen and bathroom into a beautiful and functional environment to fit your personality. It's just upping your property value. You can get with all the latest trends because they got them right there on the showroom. Servicing all of Georgia and parts of Alabama, Tennessee, North Carolina, South Carolina, and Florida. How do you get a hold of them? Very simple. UCIGranite.com. The letters U-C-I, the word granite.com. <laughs> Want to come to a party? The Bailey Show Podcast presents podcast and pours to Halliversary, Saturday, October 29th, starting after the UGA game at Tannery Row in Beaufort, Georgia. Live music from The Verb Pipe. I won't be held responsible. Also, the all-veteran band, Distinct Grace, a live DJ, a live recording of the BS, and two Halloween costume contests, totaling $1,000 in cash prizes. Dollar store, less is more, Halloween costume contest. $40 early bird ticket price, while they last, and $100 for VIP, which includes free food and a drink. Join everyone from the BS Network as we celebrate Halloween, the one-year anniversary of the podcast, and Bailey getting fired. That's what's up! More details and to purchase tickets, go to podcastthebs.com. Podcastthebs.com. It's better than radio. (laughs) I love All right, all right, all right. The BS presents Let's Talk To. People are strange when you're a stranger. I cannot wait to see who it is. I hope it's Frank Sinatra's ghost. Podcastthebs.com. It's better than radio. He's done it all. Very interesting, actually. Our guests 
one of very few people that have made the transition from Mad TV to Saturday Night Live and had success in both both places. And I was a Mad TV fan. Uh, but his time on SNL, awesome. Uh, and now he is, which this is going to be a really good conversation because this is one of the most difficult things to do as not only as an actor, a content creator, an entertainer, a comedian, is to be funny with sports. Uh, the NFL Pylon, which airs weekly Wednesday evenings on Amazon Prime Video, Amazon Now has the rights to Thursday Night Football, which is a brilliant move on the NFL's part. Uh, let's uh, welcome to the show Taryn Killam. Taryn, how are you, buddy? Morning, Jason. I'm excellent. How are you, sir? Good. Oh, also, don't let me leave out how I met your mother because I was a fan of that and your character Gary. Sure. On there, you're you're just you do it all. Gary Blauman in the house. <laughs> yeah, I got, I've been around you guys. I've been around the block a few times. You have, but very very happy to be doing doing football comedy now, which I it is kind of what I'd be doing this time of year anyway. Yeah, but it's tough. I mean, look, I, I, I've been doing radio for, well, not currently for the past year because I got fired, but uh, for 27 years, and one of those years I decided I was going to take a chance at sports talk radio. It was the worst decision of my life. I don't know. <laughs> I, 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 I don't know when it happened, but at some point sports became not fun, and there are a bunch of fucking nerds talking sports and – they don't know anything about the outside world. It's very, it's a, it's, I feel for you, bro. It's a very difficult job. Totally. What you're doing. It's interesting. You know, we're like, we're four weeks into this new show because, because we're on prime and, and basically our, the, the purpose for, uh, 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 for this show existing, the NFL pylon is to kind of like tease and, and promote Thursday night football, first ever football games on a streaming platform. Um, but, we we are an NFL produced show, right? Like NFL Films is the production company that makes our show. So I was like, no way are we going to be able to say anything fun, right. do any everything's going to be off limits. There's going to be all kinds of restrictions. And so far, quite honestly, like not really. Like mm-hmm. not really. I think part of that too is that like this isn't a takedown show really. Like certainly if you kick a ball into a guy's butt, we're going to make fun of you for it. Mm-hmm. But this is, this is more the vibe of like watching the game with your friends on Sunday, making jokes, making each other laugh, celebrating what it is to be a fan. But just my friends happen to be professional comedians who are like paid to be there, you know? But, but, um, but so it's, 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 it's difficult. I mean, historically, you know, you look at going back to even, um, Dennis Miller doing Monday Night Football, and sure, Dennis Miller sure. is great. But in that, it, you're not getting the support from the people around you, which is part of which is a huge part of the problem. You know, the guys in the booth they didn't get it. It's not funny to them. Football's not. Joe Buck has zero uh, sense of humor. And if you ever, did you ever, totally. did you ever see him try to do his show? That was horrible. You know, um, <laughs> you know so. So then you then you get into like uh, Frank Caliendo when he was doing the stuff on Fox, and I love Frank. I think Frank right. is one of the most brilliant comedians out there. He was able to make it work, but even the guys back in the studio with Terry and 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 Howie and all those guys, they didn't Howie and everybody, yep, they didn't get it. You know, they, it was I don't know if it was gimmick or what. They just didn't get it. So they would take totally. shots at him and demean the comedian, 
when the comedians bring in the entertainment. Now you've got college football on ESPN taking the Pat McAfee show, and that's I watched that the other day. It was horrible. And the guys, the oh, guy, I haven't seen that. I like Pat. I mean, I like him as is a podcaster. When he was doing the WWE stuff, he's got all kinds of charisma. That show sucks. It was so bad. Oh, no. You know, so it's just, you know, not saying he sucks, but the idea sucks. Like, I don't need to see guys try to be funny, but what you're doing is controlled. So you have probably some creative say over it. Oh, definitely. Yeah. yeah. We, and we're kind of, we're kind of off the beaten path. You know what I mean? We're like really kind of the ugly redheaded stepchild in that, like, you know, it's even a struggle to kind of get into the building. We don't even have our own badges yet, but that's sort of a great place to come from for comedy. You know what I mean? Like, like the, the begrudged, like underappreciated guys. But what is amazing is like, we kind of have our own playground and it's people coming onto our turf. It's not like we're on the sidelines Mm -hmm. trying to, you know, do man on the street, immerse ourselves in there. We are, we are comedians who are football fans first and foremost. So like, for example, last week we had DeMarcus Ware come on, who's so fantastic. It was so game to be silly. We had him basically doing a segment called DeMarcus's Remarcus's, where he's just talking about how excited he is as an, as a, like an Anglophile for British football that finally, <laughs> finally he can have his cup of tea and enjoy football the way American football is supposed to be enjoyed. And you know, it, it, it's ridiculous and it's silly and it's, it's, it's so much more about, um, it's not like a takedown on, you know, uh, the, the Browns organization and what they did in the off season. It's so much more about the personalities of the players. Cause I do find more and more that as the NFL is loosening up and letting player and coach personalities get out there, they are funny. You know what I mean? Mike McDaniel's really funny. He's got a great sense of humor. Like, any 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 cornerback worth their salt is able to trash talk and hey you know what i mean and roast each other and read each other like in a really funny way so you know i i'm excited and i'm hopeful because at the same time like as you said like the precedent is a little muddled maybe you know like the precedent is like do these two things belong together but we're also off the beaten path just enough. We kind of have our own little playground in the corner that um, so far they've let, us, they've let us get away with kind of anything we want. Well, the, the problem is that I learned is that athletes are just narcissists and they don't, sure. they don't know how to be not comedians though. Well, but see, but here's the big difference. <laughs> Here, let me, let me, let me finish my, my, my MO. The difference is, is athletes are narcissists, but they, they don't know how to be self-deprecating. Comedians sure, sure. may be narcissists. you got to have a little narcissism when, when, when you do the entertainment stuff. But you have to, the best at least, they, 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 they're self-deprecating. You can walk into a situation and you can make fun of yourself. Athletes don't know how to do that. Well, I would I would point to like you know Barkley and 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 Shaquille on 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 TNT basketball like they're pretty ridiculous on that. I mean Shaq's run on gas prices was like one of the things that made me laugh harder than anything that happened that year. Quite honestly, mm-hmm. well, there's an exception to the rule, of course. You know where where you get guys that that do it, and you know and it's like the 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 the, the catch twenty two, I guess is. 
the newer guys don't know how to be media trained. They don't know what to say until they're taught or at oh. least experience some of it. And then the older guys, you know, are so like, I've been doing this so long, you don't make jokes around me kind of thing. So you got to find the guys that are fun. I mean, there are some of them out there, um, but just sure. just very, very well, few. Chris Peasy, Chris Peasy, who's a showrunner here on the ground, he's the guy that did NFL Fox on Sundays, I think after Caliendo, but he did it with Riggle. Uh, so he was like yeah. Riggle's guy for years. So his his sort of like library of knowledge of who those people are is like super refined, which has been incredibly helpful. Um, but I, I personally, you know, with my background, I'm not reaching out to the Richard Sherman's or Ryan Fitzpatrick's of the world. I'm reaching out to the Jay Farrow's and Bobby Moynihan's and like, you know, comedians yeah. who I also know happen to be football fans. That's smart. And that's sort of our fresh way in, I think, you know? Yeah, that's smart. Do you know Michael Costa, the comedian? No. Okay. Should uh, we get him? Well, he's uh, he's on the the Daily Show, and, oh, he's he's really really funny, um, but he actually I'm a I'm a uh, fan of tennis, and he used to actually be a professional tennis player before he became a comedian. I mean, this is a million years ago. Oh, cool! And he works with the Tennis Channel, and I host this tennis tournament uh, here in Atlanta every year. It's uh, ATP 250, and I'd never seen the show before, but he does this show like you know kind of similar to what you're doing for the NFL. Uh, he does in the tennis world. Tennis players are worse than football players. These guys, I mean, <laughs> holy shit. <laughs> With the exception of a handful, they are all so cocky and so arrogant. It's ridiculous. But, 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 Amazing. but that's he, hilarious. But he not, he not, I have to, I have a feeling that golf's probably got to be the worst one of all. Don't you think? Probably. Yeah. You know, most likely, I don't know, but the, he made this show, you know, fun. It's like called warm and fuzzy or something with a fuzzy tennis ball. And then, you know, even in his social media, he's able to do it. And I'm like, wow, you're one of the first guys that I've seen kind of in an indie setting, be able to do have fun with sports and the guys that are on there with you that are tight. Cause I know a lot of them and I know they're that's tight. Cool. So that's cool. yeah, that's, I got to check that out. That sounds awesome. Yeah. So, uh, is, is this the gig? Like when you got this gig, Taryn, I mean, you've done a lot of really cool stuff, but when you got this gig, was this like, you know, you go, man, this is maybe not the pinnacle, but this is pretty damn cool. Oh my God. Well, it's, it's multifaceted for me. First and foremost is, is just actually enjoying and loving football. Like it's, it's absolutely one of my biggest passions. I look forward to the season every year. I'm a Rams season ticket holder. So, so just to be kind of like, um, granted, granted a different kind of access, that's rad. It also shoots in Los Angeles where I'm from, where I live, that convenience is the freaking dream. And then the creative team that we do have with, with Chris Peasy and with Bennett Weber and Sarah Tiana, who I've known for years. And I think is just one of the funniest people ever. She's a producer writer. And then, and then she's on camera with me. Um, it's, it's the best, most excited creative team that I've ever worked with. And so that's really helpful too. Like all of us are kind of pulling in the same direction. We all have the same hopes for it. Like if we can carve, our own little piece of the world where we are the kind of go-to yeah. for like true comedy. Cause you watch, you watch good morning football and all those, all those guys are like charming and funny and they're doing fun, fun bits, but we are comedy first football second. Um, so, so it's really exciting. So in that way, yeah, it is like 
sort of the most ideal thing. Like I get to work regularly, steadily from home. We shoot on Wednesdays. It's up online that night. So it feels similar enough to Saturday night live in terms of the quick turnaround. Um, and then I get to, you know, to pick my kids up from school. So it's like, it is truly logistically and creatively about as ideal a job as I could hope for right now. Did you write for Mad TV and SNL both? You know, I, yes. So, so like with Mad TV, probably less so because Mad TV, I was only 19 when that happened and I sort of got the job as a fluke. Like I basically got hired for my energy more than my skill set, you know, it was like, Oh, this, this guy, kid's excitable and a lot of energy and he likes doing different impressions. He's a good mimic. Um, but after Matt TV, I went to the groundlings theater here in Los Angeles, which is a sketch and improv training, uh, comedy theater. It's where Will Ferrell came from, Kristen Wiig, Jennifer Coolidge. And so, um, by the time SNL happened, I was a much more prepared writer creator. And at SNL, you have to write for yourself. Every cast member on the show is writing at least one, if not two pieces for themselves each week. Uh And then they read 40 sketches on Wednesday, but only 14 get picked. You know what I mean? So it's a, it's certainly a competitive environment, but, uh, but there's nothing like it. Were you, uh, were you, what seasons were you at Mad TV? Matt TV. So I did, I, I barely did one season on Matt TV. Like it, it, me and Bobby Lee were hired together. Um, and Catherine Fiore. Um, and then at the end of that season, they asked me back they said, yeah, we like Taryn and he's, and he's so fun and he's so enthusiastic, but would he be willing to like renegotiate for less? They tried to pull like a Jimmy Garoppolo on me. They're like, <laughs> will he stay around for less money? Um, and like I, of course, like at like nineteen, twenty years old, was like, yeah, sure, why not? But my reps at the time were like, no, forget them. How dare they? And I took that advice, um, much to to my my mom's horror. She's like, but you left college for this. What are you going to do? What's the plan? Um, <laughs> Ten years later, SNL happened, so I finally got to say, I told you so. <laughs> but well, it was a slow burn. It was the long play. <laughs> I, I asked that because one of my still to this day favorite bits, uh, sketch comedy bits that has ever been done, was I think it was season twelve. It did go, yeah, what season twelve of Mad TV, right? Uh, the Iraq, the Steve Jobs Iraq, Iran. Holy shit. I thought that was just so I'm a big fan of intellectual humor, you know, and kind of figuring out yeah, for yourself. Yeah. It it was so I don't know that one. Who's who's in that sketch? I knew you were gonna ask that. Uh it was the main guy, <laughs> the tall skinny dude. God, I feel horrible. Mike McDonald, probably, yeah. Yeah, I think so. And it's just you just Google it and Mad TV Iraq. Okay. I you know, it, you'll see Iraq I, Steve Jobs. I, I thought it was brilliant, you know, and, and then you know yeah. I asked if you were a writer because, you know, for, for both of those, because I wanted to ask what the difference of the room would be writing for a mad TV and SNL and for the NFL pile on. Oh, that's interesting. That's a good question. So again, like my mad TV experience is quite limited. I think I submitted something like, you know, four or five sketches and all of them got shot, shut down pretty fast. Um, Mad TV was a little, was slightly more disparate from what I watched, which was like writers would just kind of be writing all week and you'd break off and you could kind of make your own hours. Um, whereas SNL was very regimented. It's like Monday, you show up, you pitch Tuesday, 
you know, and Monday and then Wednesday morning, you're writing. That's all you're doing is writing that night, that day. And then on Wednesday, you're doing the table read. So writing on SNL was like more focused, if not like chaotic in its energy, because it's late night, you're writing overnight. Like Mad TV had much more of a nine to five vibe to it. You know, mm-hmm. people showed up at reasonable hours and, and we're home for dinner. Uh, SNL, you basically show up on Tuesday at 2 p.m. and then you're there at least till three or four in the morning, if not till noon the next day. Um, so that's sort of the craziness. And that, and that comes for SNL, it's that way just because that's kind of how it's always been. That's just the hours that the original cast and writers set, and now we follow it out of tradition, I guess. Yeah. Um, pile on. Uh, is we're, we're a small team. There's like, there's five or six of us. And so it's a little bit more manageable in terms of its chaos. And Bennett Weber, our head writer, he sort of really is the captain of the ship and he puts the script together and puts it in order. There's shared documents that people are writing jokes all through Sunday and Monday watching the games. And then we're, you know, selecting our favorites. We're getting together on Monday. We're talking about premises of like, what's our opinion on certain stories on certain games on certain teams and then kind of building sort of a three or four act show that shoots Wednesday morning and will be up that afternoon. So, so the quick turnaround of it is much more similar to SNL, but the privilege that me and, and Chris and Bennett and Sarah all have with this is that we kind of get to do it the way that works best for us, um, which is, a much kinder, <laughs> a much kinder and a much more focused way, you know? So, so, so what you're saying so the, is the, the, the rejection of the SNL writing room is nowhere near the rejection. If there is any in the pile on writing room. Hold up. Wait a minute. Let's hear from our sponsors. Watkins law firm, trial and litigation attorneys. So if it's personal injury, wrongful death, contracts and transactions, landlord and tenant disputes, or just general civil litigation, Watkins law firm dot LLC is where you need to go. Get a hold of Tyler Watkins, Watkins law firm dot LLC. And here's Tyler's tip of the day. So get this. It's easier to sue someone if their dog injures your livestock than it is if it injures you. If you're attacked by someone else's dog, You can only recover from the owner if you can show the dog had previously attacked someone or if it was violating a leash law. However, if that dog injures livestock, then you don't have to show anything. Amazing, isn't it? Get a hold of Tyler Watkins, WatkinsLawFirm.LLC, serving all of Georgia. Next time, talk to Tyler. Help you help your business get to the next level. And you do that by incorporating create graphics in there. Whether it's vehicle wraps, corporate events you might be having, interior, exterior events, graphic design and apparel. Create Graphics is a full service graphics company that specializes in graphic design, wide format printing and graphic installation. Excellent customer service where every project is going to get that one-on-one experience from start to finish. CreateGraphics.net. C-R-E-A-T-E-G-R-A-P-H-I-X.net. Or you can call 770-369-9962. 770-369-9962. Tired of ants on your countertop while you're cooking? Can't go outside without getting eaten by mosquitoes? Ah. 
Give Inspect All Pest Services a call. They've got everything you need to get rid of all that stuff just mentioned. Whether it's ants, roaches, fleas, or ticks, Inspect All has got you covered. With their year-round pest treatments, live without the worry or hassle of pests. Give Inspect All Pest Services a call today, 770-483-2420, 770-483-2420. Mention the BS, get your first initial service for free. And back to you, Jason. Yeah, it's yeah. the difference of like SNL has 14 cast members and as many, if not more, writers all competing for 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 air and and what the what the sketches can be about is is endless. It can cover every category, every every subject, politics, pop culture, something completely out of left field. Our show is very focused. It's football this week. What are we talking about? And and we're we're competitive people that work on the pylon, but we are all on the same team. You know what I mean? None of us are are competing against each other. So we're all kind of working towards the same goal, which is really nice. But it is fun to utilize the sort of um, you you don't you're not precious about things, you know. And that's really a, a thing that SNL taught me that I'm I'm grateful for is like. Let it go. Move on to the next thing. There's a new show next week, and all you can do is try to make it better. Did you write the uh, the weekend update uh, sketch, the bit that you did with Woody Harrelson when you played uh, Matthew McConaughey? McConaughey, yeah, that was me and Mikey Holy Day, shit, and dude. that was yeah. Holy oh, thanks, shit. man. Yeah. Oh my god. Like, the the best <laughs> the, the best part of Saturday Night Live is when you can make other people on the show laugh. Like, I think that's hilarious. Jimmy Fallon was obviously known yeah. to, to, to laugh out loud. And I, I just always thought it was funny because it was when Adam Sandler did, I just thought it was funny because it was so natural and it just looked like a bunch of people having a good time telling jokes. And I remember watching that bit and seeing uh, Woody Harrelson trying not to laugh. And I'm sitting here going, yeah, yeah. it must be, I mean, cause you do a spot on Matthew McConaughey and I'm going, it must be really difficult because they're good friends in real life. They, like if I'm not looking at Taron Killam next to me, I'm thinking that my buddy's right there and I never realized all of his crutches. Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> totally. <laughs> totally. Yeah. I mean, he gave, I was so into true detective. Like I was obsessed with that show. It was appointment television for me. And, um, I actually did a vacation to Hawaii with my family the, 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 that summer before and flew back sitting next to Woody. Like I'd never met him. Woody Harrelson lives in Hawaii. I think he, I think he lives in Maui. And I'm sitting next to him on the plane, and I'm, and I'm just like, I'm not going to say anything, but that's kind of cool. And I'm reading this book, The War for Late Night, which was about sort of like the Conan O'Brien, Jay Leno, uh. Tonight Show debacle. And they mention the they mention David Letterman and his whole sort of blackmail fiasco, and that when David Letterman came out on the show and 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 admitted to having the affair, and that he was being blackmailed, and he didn't want to be taken advantage of that way. Um, his guest that night was Woody Harrelson oh. and it says that in my book and I'm like, Oh my God, uh, excuse me, uh, <laughs> Woody. So sorry. I, I don't want to bother you, interrupt you. 
Um, and I was going to leave you alone, but I'm reading this book and I just read this sentence and I show him the sentence, which is like, and Letterman was poised. He was honest. He was frank. And then he introduced his first guest, Woody Harrelson. <laughs> and so it was amazing. Cause like what he's like, Oh yeah, yeah. That was a crazy night. Like <laughs> I didn't know anything like that. I didn't know anything was going to happen. And Letterman kind of didn't say anything in, in between the commercial bits. And it was really awkward. And they came back like a year later and he met me in my dressing room and he was just like, I just wanted to apologize for that night. That was a crazy night. So I, you know, I, I always really liked him. And so then we kind of had that bond when he showed up later in the season to host. Um, but yeah, true detective and, 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 and McConaughey had just come off his Oscar win, right. Where he gave that like rambling <laughs> crazy, yeah. like acceptance speech. Um, and it's so funny because McConaughey is a great example where like, you will come up with an idea and you'll think about it for weeks and you'll be like, I got to find the best host. I got to find the perfect uh, person to do the sketch with me. And this sketch is going to work. And you put your blood, sweat and tears into it. And you, it takes you 10 hours to write it. And you're like, you're pouring over every word. And then it just bombs and dies at the table. You know, and everybody's like, Nope, that's boring. That's stupid. We don't like it. But then with McConaughey, Mikey and I just went into a room and I think I just like, pretty much improvised what ended up being there with like some, some slight changes and and modifications. But within 30 minutes we had the thing written, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's It's just the fickleness of comedy. So funny. Every time, you know, I'll, I'll run it. I'll get caught in that YouTube, you know, rabbit hole. And, uh, I guess because my computer spies on me or knows what I'm thinking, it'll pop up every now and again. (laughs) They will be our overlords in no time. Uh, Chuck, do you have a question for Taryn? Oh, Taryn, huge fan, man. I'm, uh, I'm looking at all the stuff you've done and I have, I have a, I have a weird question for you. So cause you, you've you've done the mad TV, the Saturday night live, you're now at the NFL pile on. So you, in your industry, you meet a lot of people. And you build a lot of relationships. Are like you going to ask him to get you backstage at uh, Keith Urban? No, okay. I'm not. I was. We all know that's impossible. You told me it's impossible. Okay, sorry. Go ahead. Jeez. I didn't mean to cut you off. But can you get me backstage? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, so, so all the relationships you've built, I mean, who are some of the people that you would consider the closest friends that maybe influenced you, you currently work with, or that you're just like, you know, these are people that, you would consider friends that were just like, wow, how cool. That's a nice question. That's not a weird question. That's a lovely question. Um, you know, in terms of like my nearest and dearest from SNL specifically, like, uh, Jay and Vanessa, Jay, Jay Farrow, Vanessa Bayer, we all came in together. We got hired together. Mm-hmm. And there's a thing that happens where like your class, you really bond with, you know, and some classes really get along and some classes don't. We were the former, like we love each other and feel like siblings. So Jay and Vanessa are, are, are still two of my closest friends. Bobby Moynihan, who was there when we got there, is probably who I'm I'm cl- most close to from the show. And he and I, we've done two movies together. We've done a bunch of TV shows, guest appearances, and, and things together. So I love Bobby. Um, in terms of like in terms of like the mentor element of it. So like when I got SNL, you know, the Mad TV, the SNL, all of it is because. I was just an obsessive Jim Carrey fan. Always was, always have been, always will be. Um, he was just my hero. And like the third month of my first season, he hosted. And I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe I was getting to meet him. I couldn't believe I was getting to perform with him. And I got a sketch on that I helped write. And it was like a physical comedy bit. And that felt amazing. And then Bobby wrote like a Jim Carrey family reunion where all the cast would do impressions of him to his face. I remember that. So I got to do my <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah. So I got to do my Jim Carrey, like, and and where it was like the most impactful was at the table read because it was the first time you know he was hearing what any of us were going to do to his face, and so I did my, hey there, Jim. Good to see you, buddy. How's it going? Alrighty then. You know, did all the all the catchphrases, all the cliche stuff, and it got like a big reaction at the table. And Jim's just staring at me from across the table, and he just goes, "Yeah, that's about right." <laughs> you know, and so like that's the best. And he's just been so gracious and kind to me ever since. I turned forty this year, and my wife Kobe put together this huge video of like everybody important in my life saying a birthday message, uh, and Jim sent one, and it like it just brought me to tears. It was it was so kind and beautiful, and it was just such a such a gift, such so a special cool. gift. So, I, yeah, you said your wife's name is Kobe. I thought it was Robin Sparkles. Am I wrong on that? Yeah, sure. If you're from Canada, if you're from Canada, okay. exactly. Yeah, because I, I was a big fan <laughs> of hers. In the States. Yeah, I was a big fan uh, yeah, of hers in the I mall mean. tour. Yeah, I just I was a I was such a huge yeah, you do it. huge fan of that show. Are you a sandcastles in the sand kind of guy, or are you more let's go to the mall? Let's go to the mall. Absolutely. Oh, uh, sure. hands Classic. down. Let's go to the, the banger. mall. The original yeah. banger. The original banger. The OG, <laughs> if you will. Uh, so I I was I was on that show from start to finish. And uh, obviously, being a big Bob Saget fan, who does the the VO for it and whatnot, uh, and, totally. and and the you know you're trying to figure out who the hell Ted's wife is, and it's just it was just such a great I thought show. I love the acting, I love the characters. You couldn't ask for a better cast, I don't think. Um, so when you came on the show, it was towards the you know last latter part of the seasons. I mean, we'd already established everything. Did you meet Kobe uh, on that show? Is that how you guys initially met? No, Kobe and I, uh, our first date was the night of after the table read for the pilot. So, like, she booked the pilot for How I Met Your Mother, and we'd met the week before, and we'd kind of exchanged information, and she said, yeah, let's hang out Monday night. And she's like, just so you know, I'm shooting this pilot. It's called How I Met Your Mother. Who knows if it'll be good or not. Um, So we started dating pretty much the week before they shot the very first episode ever, and then by the time the show got picked up, we were pretty hot and heavy. And they, uh, so the guy that I played, Gary Blauman, he sort of sprinkled throughout. So they had me come in the first season and I was like a coworker of Jason Siegel's character of Marshall's. Mm. Um, but then the, but then they kind of dedicated a whole episode to Gary Blauman in the final season as they were like building towards the wedding of, of Barney and Robin. Mm. Um, and, and, and that show, Kobe was, Kobe had, was five seasons in on that show when I got SNL. So I had to commute when I started Saturday night live, Kobe was shooting how I met your mother here in Los Angeles. We had a one-year-old child. And so I would go and do two, three, four episodes of SNL and then fly back home on my off week. So I was on, I was on Virgin America flights every two to three weeks for about four years straight. It was a lot of, a lot of commuting. Well, that's commitment. My friend, that is commitment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was, who were Barney's best man? It was like, uh, uh, Brady and Zapka, right? Yeah. Yeah. Billy Zabka from, from, yeah. From then only, you know, only just one of the guys and Karate Kid, but now from Cobra Kai, which yeah. I, I don't know if you watch it, but it's oh. fantastic, fantastic oh. show. Are you kidding me? Do I watch? I was actually, so it's shot in, in here in Atlanta, at least most of it is, and the second season, the um, 
very Saved by the Bell-esque episodes where they're at the beach club. You know, they get the big yeah, fight on the yeah. beach. So that was shot at where I played tennis out of Marietta. And they were so funny. Yeah, they were still on YouTube Red at the time. And I, I was familiar with the show. Like we had Zapka and we had uh, um, we had uh, LaRusso on. And we had, you know, the radio show at the time. So we're like, yeah, it's cool. But it wasn't anywhere near what it is now. It became... So my friend at uh, where I play tennis out of this club there, she was like, yeah, I'm, I, I met the, the writers and directors and they want to use our classes. You want to stop by and, and watch? So I was like, well, I'm playing right beforehand. So yeah, I'll stick around, whatever. I'm thinking that, you know, I'm going to see Daniel's son or the car or Elizabeth shoe yeah, yeah. or something <laughs> like that, you know, Ralph Macho. And, and so I'm sitting there and, and I'm watching the scene with these young girls that I don't even know who they are. They're like, oh, yeah, she's, yeah, on, the, yeah. she's on the Disney <laughs> channel. I'm like, this show fucking sucks. <laughs> you know? So I was like, I don't want anything to do with this. Where's, where's my guys? You know, where are the people at? <laughs> and, and, and so then it goes to Netflix, and I'm like, holy shit, I was literally five feet from that chick when she got thrown on the buffet table. <laughs> this is awesome. Hilarious. You Hilarious. And, a, and, a, and by the way, a little-known trivia fact is – you know, I touched a little bit in the thespian lifestyle here now and again. I am in the last project that uh, Pat Morito ever did. It was a parody on Karate Kid, and there was uh, they shot it in Orlando, where I spent many of my years. And I do a scene with him, even though I'm not with him in the scene physically. And that was one of the last scenes he ever did. Whoa! Yeah. Uh, how about that? Before That's part of a legacy. Straight to Pat Morita, <laughs> uh, a Groundlings alumni. Really? From the, the, yeah, yeah, amazing, right? Really amazing. So he did that, and then got the Happy Days gig, huh? I guess so. I, I, I'm, I'm assuming the timing worked out that way. He he may have been doing Happy Days before he jumped in the Groundlings, honestly. But uh, yeah, yeah, there's a lot of crossover of like professional work. While you're doing sketch comedy out of the goodness of your heart, what uh, what is uh, the favorite uh, impression that what, what's the impression that you do that your wife likes you to do best? Like once you do around the house, <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't. She she just wants me to to de- to help keep house. She's like turn it off when you're home. But uh, oh, good for her. Uh, she likes a Scottish accent. It's not an impression, but she does enjoy a Scottish accent. Oh no! So that, that I don't want to go any deeper on why she. That likes might be it. TMI for you. That might be TMI. But <laughs> well, my next question is very personal. And does she ever ask you to put on the <laughs> cheerleading outfit from Grown Ups too? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, she asked me to. She puts fake bird poop all over substances <laughs> and asked me to, to lick it off her. Did you at least get to keep it? Yeah, I still have the yogurt. I still have the, oh. Or you mean the outfit <laughs> the itself? Outfit, the outfit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the outfit. We yeah. we bought we bought a we bought a mannequin, and it's it's in our front yard. <laughs> what a great movie! Uh, okay, so look, I know you got other things to do. I don't want to take too long because then it gets uncomfortable, and you got to cut me off, and then you feel awkward, and I feel awkward. <laughs> so I don't want to do that. But the uh, NFL pile on Prime Video, Amazon Prime Video. I think it's such as a football fan myself. I think it's such a great move. It's the evolution, just as podcasting is the evolution of radio. Uh, streaming is going to be the evolution of watching football. Uh, there's a reason why there's, you know, crazy millions of people that are Amazon Prime members and uh, hundreds of thousands that are cable TV and satellite dish, uh, you know, 
uh, spenders still. Exactly. So there, there's a reason totally. for this. There's smarter people than us making these decisions. But uh, every Wednesday evening, weekly show uh, on Prime Video, Amazon Prime Video, the NFL Pylon with the extremely talented. Thank you so much, Taryn Killam, uh, to come on the thank show. You, Thanks, man. You're no, I'm, I was happy to do it. It's so fun. And thank you for making the time for me. I, I sincerely appreciate it. Well, you know, here's the thing about doing what I do now and booking through the booker is that a lot of times you guys can't figure out this, this, this link thing. Like you, you're on the phone. I can't actually see you. So then they send me your phone number. So I've got like this whole database of personal phone numbers from these big <laughs> you got stars. The digital Rolodex in the biz. Holy shit. So like <laughs> when you get arrested for a DUI, you're going to get a text saying, Hey, you remember the guy you did a podcast for? Can you come on and tell us what happened that night? <laughs> do, you yeah, have, do you have tickets done. to Keith Urban? Or backstage. do you have tickets? Can you give me backstage? My buddy backstage. Can you give me backstage to Keith Urban? <laughs> I'll text you if Keith Urban steals the mannequin of my grown-up Stu uh, outfit in the front yard. That'll be that's the hottest, the he, hottest story possible. Or if he's out front doing uh, his version of cherry pie from Warren. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, exactly. brother. Thanks for the time, man. Best luck right. with the show, and uh, hopefully Thanks, we'll talk man. soon. Okay, Thanks, man. Bye, bye. Get off my lawn. It's old man Kevin, and the BS is done for right now. Please share, like, and support podcastthebs.com. It's better than radio. Now, get out of here.